welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where faith meets an active lifestyle. My name is Andrew Ware. I am your host, and I am the Running Rev. This is not just any other podcast about an active lifestyle, but join us as we unpack the why behind our activity and how we connect it to our faith. I'm having conversations and exploring the journeys of others as we help to build a theology of self-care exploring how we care for ourselves by being active persons in whatever way feels best for us as we seek to live out our faith. Welcome to episode 16. Episode 16. My guest this in this episode is Sarah McIntosh. Sarah is a pastor in North Carolina and she joins us as an awesome and strong mother runner. In fact, the next few episodes are going to be these episodes where we are going to be interviewing strong moms and looking at how uh, they care for themselves, what they do, what it is like to get their kids interested in, in, in physical activity and all of these great self-care things, but also how they care for themselves. I think many of us know that moms often uh, struggle to care for themselves because they are also ones who are caring for others as well. And I think that there's just a lot to learn from these awesome and strong mothers. So join us uh, for these next few episodes as we talk to these amazing and awesome moms, but definitely, definitely join us and listen today as we talk with Sarah. So let's dive into our conversation. All right, we are joined today by Sarah McIntosh. Sarah, welcome in, how are you doing today? Thank you. I am doing well. Uh, it's a little rainy where I am today, although I'm inside, but uh, doing well and having a good day. Excited to be here. Yeah, here in Virginia, uh, we're about to have weather in the mid-60s. We're recording this on, on February 3rd, and we just got done with like two or three weeks of everything in like the 30s and 40s, especially last weekend. So a little bit of warm weather is nice, but I have a feeling it's going to wreck my allergies. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. But let's let's dive into our conversation. Let's start with where we do with every guest. Let's hear who you are, where do you call home, and how are you active? Yeah, I am uh, a mom, a pastor, a wife. Um, those are the big, big parts of my identity, part of who I am. Um, I will always claim Asheville, North Carolina as home because that's where I grew up. Um but currently I am serving in Catawba, North Carolina, which is an offshoot of Lake Norman, which for those not familiar with North Carolina is a little bit north of Charlotte. Um, so that's where I'm currently serving. This is my first person outside of Virginia. I've now accomplished that goal. There we go. Yeah, I love I love Asheville. My wife and I went there on vacation uh, a few years ago and it is an absolutely beautiful and gorgeous place. Um, and then you, did you say how you were active? No, I left that out. How uh, I'm active. I am primarily active through running. Um, that's my favorite form of activity. Although I also stay very active chasing our toddler. Our daughter's about 18 months old and she keeps us busy. Um, and I always joke that overthinking is the extra way I'm active. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I, I met Sarah kind of through Instagram. Uh, she's on Instagram. Her her uh, Instagram handle is preach, run, repeat, which I just always had to laugh at because that's basically the name of the game when, when you're a, a running pastor is 
Uh, I often have to laugh on Sunday morning. Sometimes I'll preach my sermon. And then as soon as I get home, even before I eat lunch, I will go for a run. And so I'm like, that, that is the life. And then, um, and, and Sarah's joining us uh, to, to talk a little bit about a lot of that stuff. And so before we dive into that part of the conversation, because I think this may be a good lead in, as it always is here on the Active Faith Podcast, uh, because we love to hear the how. We love to hear, you know, Sarah is a runner. Uh, she chases small children around like, like many of us parents. Uh, but, but Sarah, why are you active? Yeah. Um, that is always a multi-layered answer. Uh, primarily it's, I mean, it's good for me. I always like to remember that, but mainly because it's, um, such an important part of my mental health. It's how I process things. It's how I try to maintain a sense of sanity in the midst of all of the challenges that life has brought us, um, and continues to bring us. And I just enjoy being outside. It's my favorite way to explore a new place. Um, and often with a little one, it is my only alone time sometimes. So it's nice to get outside and to just enjoy some, some time doing something I love. And even sometimes it means pushing a stroller, right? Yes. <laughs> and I love that. You know, I often will, will think to myself that, uh, especially at the level that I train, sometimes I, I don't run for my physical health because I really actually feel like I'm beating myself up more than I'm actually probably doing good on my body. Uh, but it is very good for my mental and emotional health for me to continue to run. Like you said, just to process things. Um, mm -hmm. I think we've talked about it a couple of times with a couple of our guests. You know, sometimes I'll go out for runs and won't bring my headphones and I'll just kind of let let things go. Um, and I know running down there in North Carolina, the handful of times I've been down there, um, you know, uh, running in Asheville was nice. That was always beautiful, although a little hilly. Um, yes. And then I ran around Lake Junaleska, which I think was probably a bad decision um, <laughs> in terms of the elevation. So where I am, there is like zero elevation. I would go on a run and have like eight meters, which is not, not a lot at all. Uh, but definitely nice, some hilly runs down there, but that's great. And so I, I want to dive into this because, um, you know, for those of you who are listening, as you heard at the top, this is a part of a series where I'm interviewing some mothers who are also runners, who are also active, who participate in this lifestyle of activities. I mean, specifically running. Uh, we'll also have a, a someone who does both running and strength, you know, pushing strollers, really involved and growing into that. And so, uh, Sarah, if, if maybe you could invite us along on a journey and what did your life look like? What did your active lifestyle look like before before becoming a mother and then how did it change after you became a mother because i always think that this is such an interesting thing and honestly it's something that i can't always understand uh because i know you know women go through physical changes in 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 the birthing process um but along with all of that comes this brand new person in your life this brand new human i mean i know i have to care for them but i i wanted to get you know, you and, and these other mothers who are coming on to talk about this. And so let's start there. Like, what did your active running journey look like before kids? And then um, what did it look like after the birth of your daughter? Yeah. Um, so that's a really great question. Um, so it's funny to look back on my active life before having a child, because it seems so like simple and easy, like going out for a run with 
so easy. It didn't really take planning. I could go whenever I wanted. Um, I mean, I would tell my husband, Hey, I want to get my long run in and it would be simple. Just went out the door. Um, I loved doing, I love long distance running. Um, I have done marathons and 250 Ks love it all. Um, and I loved training for races back before kids. Um, and it was really easy to think about even signing up for races because it was just my husband and I travel wasn't a big issue. Um, even through the pregnancy process, my running journey changed. I tried to stay active throughout my pregnancy. Um, and mainly did, um, I had to go to walk running because of some, physical limitations, just as your body, like you said, it changes during pregnancy and as it prepares to give birth. And all of a sudden I wasn't able to run without pain, which was a really hard pill to swallow for someone who loves to run. Um, but I tried to take it in stride to enjoy my daily walk runs, even up to the day that I was induced. Um, so the day before my daughter was born, I went on a walk run, which was really cool. Um, in terms of after Abigail was born, continue to change. And I think a lot of moms struggle with what their return to activity will look like because you do have that waiting period. I mean, six weeks is what people talk about, but a lot of times at six weeks, you're like, I still don't feel like myself. I'm not sleeping. Um, so I learned to have a lot of grace for myself as I return to being active. Um, remember that the first run back a lot of times feels horrible except for the fact that you're happy to be moving but like you kind of have to relearn running all over again and you're starting pretty much from zero it was maybe the first time I had taken six full weeks off of running since I started running um but as I've slowly gotten into running now that I'm 18 months since our daughter, it's been a long time. Like thinking back to those early days is kind of like fun to remember, but um, I feel like I've become stronger as a runner since becoming a mom. And maybe part of that is because I have to be a lot more intentional. Um, getting out for a run is not always as easy now. Um, I have to plan when I'm going to feed my daughter before I go. And if my husband is there to watch her or if I'm going to take her in the stroller with me, um, there's a lot more moving pieces to deciding to be active now. Um, but I still love it. I still love getting out and being active. Um, so I think becoming a mom has made it a little harder, but also a lot more meaningful probably and important for me to get out the door and to go for runs. Yeah, and I know a lot of times just in the, I mean, especially in the running space, but even more so in the physical activity space, you know, they always talk about uh, there's, there's kind of like that two week window where, you know, you, you take two weeks off and you can still kind of maintain a certain fitness level. Uh, but what you're talking about is six weeks. And to even consider, you know, I mean, Again, I'm, I'm, I'm not a mom. I, I, I identify as a man. Um, I have a wife. I have two kids. And so I've been a part of that process, but not from that perspective. Uh, but I can't imagine even at six weeks postpartum, even feeling like anywhere near 100%. And so not only is it like, does it sound like it's six weeks off, 
But at six weeks, even just to the point where the doctor's like, okay, yeah, you can do physical activity again. And then you have to get back into to sort of that, that feeling. Um, you know, you talked about that desire was still there, but, uh, you know, you have this new child who is, you know, at six weeks, a month and a half old. Uh, like you said, you have to balance schedules. You know, I, I know even now I've got a, I've got a six and a three-year-old and I still have to, I mean, my wife and I still sit down and talk. It's like, all right, I got to get a run in today. Uh, when, like, when do I have open to do it? You know, I have to talk about my wife's schedule. Um, you know, both, uh, both you and your husband are pastors. Um, and so, you know, you have that schedule of two full-time parents doing it. Um, and so, I mean, there's so much that goes into it that it almost feels daunting coming back in, right? And so that six weeks may turn into like eight, may turn into 10. And so when we talk about that level of fitness, then you get back out there. And I mean, I just remember coming back from like ACL surgery or even just like little nicks and stuff like that, that I get along the way. And I come back and I'm just like, I feel demoralized because I'm not at the same fitness level where I was. And sometimes that you know, maybe a very specific amount of time. Um, so, so what was coming back into that light? What was it, you know, you, you kind of led us through that process of saying, you know, okay, I got, I got back in that first run and, and you know, you've kind of worked your way back. Uh, but what was, cause I think, and I, I asked this question cause I think even beyond the motherhood component, I think there's a nature in which active lifestyle can feel like something that we have to always do. However, we're not always able to do it. And there's going to have to be times where we can't. Um, and so what were those feelings like getting back into it? What were the, how did you motivate yourself back into this lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so some of it, like, like I said, like having grace for myself in those early days was such a huge thing because like you said, after six weeks, your doctor has basically said, like, if you had stitches, like your stitches are gone, like you're clear to like resume regular life, whatever that's going to look like now, but your body kind of feels like you went through a train wreck. Um, everything feels different. Your body's or like for me, my body was so bigger than I was used to when I was like in prime running shape. So everything just feels kind of different and it feels strange. And at first that can be like scary to realize, like, I don't feel like myself, but I want to get back to moving. And I think I probably made it even harder for myself because a lot of the early times I went out to try to run or run walk, I took the stroller. Um, with the car seat in it, um, which probably helped me when I did get back to running on my own, because then when I ran on my own, it was so much easier because I wasn't pushing a stroller. But um, I think some of the early motivation was knowing that I would feel better after. Like sometimes I think a lot of us experience that as runners, like we don't really want to go, but we know we'll feel better once we get back. Mm -hmm. So we convince ourselves like, just do it and you'll feel better when you're done. Um, so I think I, I took hold of that in those early days, knowing this is going to be something that you're going to enjoy if you just let yourself get out there and reminding myself that walking is still movement. Walking is still being active. Um, I think my husband and I also did that a lot in those early days. Sometimes it wasn't 
it was letting myself not go for a run, but say, Hey, let's go take her for a walk outside. Um, cause in those early days, even going out for a walk can feel like a big thing when you're with that little one who takes like leaving the house with a baby is like the hardest thing ever. It feels like leaving for like a month trip and you're like, we're going for a walk around the block, but you're like, well, what if she cries? And what if we don't know what to do? And, um, so we did that together and getting to do those little things as a family, um, and building that confidence helped me gradually get more confident going out for longer distances and continue to build my endurance and strength back. And so you, you talk about this way in which, you know, you have to be more intentional about your active lifestyle. And I think that that's something that many of us can relate to this intentionality of, okay, I need to get out. I need to care for myself in this way. And you talk about how there's a lot of different things balancing in that, right? Is there someone to watch your daughter? Um, or do I need to take her with me? Do, um, if, if I take her with me, like, what do I need to, what do I need to bring with me? And, and, and all those things. Um, uh, and so as, as you're doing this, like, how are you balancing all of these things at, at, I mean, at one point in time mm -hmm. to, to try and make sure that you still have these opportunities to be active. And, uh, you know, I think I've heard a few things is, is one, you have a very understanding spouse, uh, and a, very, a very understanding partner, which is always a big bonus. Um, but, but what are some other things that help with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, one thing that comes to mind is when I think about the question of how do I balance it, often not well. <laughs> I think we can all um, probably relate to that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I always say this disclaimer, I'm not asking Sarah to be a professional, an expert on this. Um, and I love that we're completely able to admit our faults uh, when we're yeah. not good at something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes balance is, is not something I really have, but I, um, sometimes looking back, sometimes it was just maximizing efficiency in a way that, that probably sounds weird because so little in parenting feels efficient, but in those early days, it was, Hey, if I go for a run at a specific time of day, she'll fall asleep in the stroller. So then I'm getting a nap while I'm also being active. So a lot of times, even up until like she was a year old, at least I would run at what was sometimes for me, the least convenient time of day, because I knew she would nap in the stroller. Um, I spent a lot of time this summer running at like 1230 or one o'clock in the afternoon in a Southern summer, not because it was a good time to run, but because Hey, I can kind of kill two birds with one stone here. I can get a good nap in and I can get my run in. Um, so a lot of times that's what it looked like um, for me throughout the past like year is, Hey, let's turn this run also into a nap. And then I felt like I was using my time well in a lot of different ways. <laughs> And so there's a lot of things that go into that, right? There's the the time management. There is the flexibility. I mean, there there's so much there. 
as anybody thinks about an active lifestyle because, you know, I, I often think that some of the greatest lessons that I've learned in life, I've learned by watching my wife be a mother to our kids because it teaches you so much about how to interact with things. I mean, it is so hard to interact with like an eight-month-old. Uh, mm -hmm. there's there's like I mean they're sitting there they're crying and you're like I have no idea what to do there's levels of patience there's levels of flexibility there's levels of understanding and so many of these things coming into play as we think about what it looks like to be active in our lives and to care for ourselves because now no longer right you talked about before you started but or, or before you had your daughter you know you could, you pretty much had freedom for the most part, right? I mean, uh, you could travel to races. Uh, you could just do races without really having to think much beyond, hey, I'm doing this race. Um, I know when I look at races, I have to, you know, pull up my kid's school schedule or, you know, uh, I had to cancel a race because one of my wife's friends is getting married. So, I mean, I mean, there's all sorts of these different things that come up. And so, you know, flexibility becomes key in that. And not only do we have to learn how to care for ourselves, but we're also caring for another human being who can't care for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there's so much in that as we build this theology of self-care of, for those of us who are in these types of situations or because, uh, I mean, it can happen at any point in our lives. You know, we think about when when we grow older and, and we think about maybe having to take care of our parents uh, when we're in that age of taking care of our children. Um, just at any point in time, there are times when we it's not just caring for ourselves. We have to care for someone else who is close for us. And yet we still need to care for ourselves. I mean, it becomes I mean, it becomes even more important. Um, and so what does that look like for you and your husband to prioritize self-care with a small child? I think that is one of the hardest things to figure out as parents um, is how to, how to figure out how to care for yourself while also caring for another human who like my daughter's never going to look at my husband and I and be like, you guys are really tired. I think you could use a break. Um, it would be really nice if she did that, but she's not going to. <laughs> it would be very um, nice. <laughs> it would. Um, so my husband and I have to kind of like the activity, like we have to be more intentional about um, sometimes learning how to express when we're feeling overwhelmed or when we just need a break. Um, sometimes it's slowing down and letting ourselves like lay down with our daughter. Like, Hey, she fell asleep on you and she doesn't want you to put her down. It might not be what you thought you were going to do today, but maybe let yourself nap with her. And then you get a little bit of extra rest. Um, and letting ourselves realize like those things can be seen as quote unquote productive too, as opposed to thinking of like, Oh, I'm wasting some of my afternoon by not being productive, but saying, Hey, this is a way to care for myself. Um, so it's, it's balancing those things. It's creating space for one another to get away, to, to go out and do something on our own. Um, 
my husband, I will admit is a lot better at this than I am. I often tell him, even when I get away, like go into the office or go to the store by myself, my mind is still usually consumed by thinking about how is she doing? Um, like, Oh, when's the last time I fed her? When am I going to need to feed her again? All of these things are constantly running through my head. So I need a lot more encouragement and reminders from my spouse to actually take time to be away and to not worry. Um, sometimes it's him telling me, Hey, have you taken a rest day recently? Maybe you should do that. Um, or him telling me like, yeah, you need to do these things for yourself. Even if I'm inclined to just kind of pour into pouring out and caring for our daughter, him reminding me that, Hey, you need to take care of yourself too. Um, so I'm really grateful that he does that and reminds me like, you can take time by yourself and not worry. Um, which is, I'm really grateful for that because I don't do that well often. So he helps me with that. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's something that I struggle with is, is highlighting those times, like being comfortable enough to tell, you know, your spouse, Hey, you need to take a moment. Like, uh, you know, I think that that's one of the things that I notice, uh, in a lot of mothers is just that deep sense of care. And it's not that we as fathers don't care about our children. I just, I, as I look at my wife and as I hear your story, I think to myself, I'm like, oh yeah, like it's very hard for my wife to do anything for herself. You know, she always, which is great. I mean, I, I, I love that she always has the kids in mind, that she's always thinking about them. Um, but I often feel like it's a little bit easier maybe for me to, to, to kind of get away and do things. Uh, but, but she deserves that as well. And so definitely being aware and and being in a relationship that hopefully helps to foster that, right? You talk about being in that relationship with your husband where you have that opportunity. Um, and I mean, I, do, I, I definitely need to grow in that area. So I'm taking that from this episode. Uh, but how, how we're caring for one another in that way. And I think that uh, as we reflect on that nature, finding those ways in which we can be flexible in our time together with our family, with those who are close to us, and with those whom we care for. Because uh, even, even outside of sort of this uh, maternal, paternal relationship that we have with our kids, or maybe that sibling relationship, if we're taking care of siblings, or, you know, that, that, that relationship that we have with our parents. But even just beyond that, like if we think about um, especially Sarah, you and I as pastors, the way that we care for our congregation, uh, for those in other vocations, the ways in which you care within your own vocation or the ways in which you serve in ministry, you know, there it, it's, a, it's a reminder of those ways like, okay, yeah, we can't always be serving. We can't always be giving. And even to be in that mindset can often foster an unhealthy relationship in that relationship, right? If if you don't have an opportunity to maybe just get away or just you know de like decompress for a little, even just a little bit, um, how unhealthy that relationship could be for you, could be for your husband, could be for your daughter, even. Um, and so we definitely take those opportunities to do that. And so uh, you know, there's there's that aspect of of motherhood, and then there's this aspect of 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 motherhood. Uh, that you brought up earlier that I, it's kind of the other half of what I wanted to dive into is 
Um, how often do you try and compare yourself, especially physically, to who you were before you were a mother? Mm. Yeah. I. It's funny when you said that at first, when you said comparison, I was like, oh gosh, comparison as in the mom world is... Oh, I think that's a completely, we're going to, we're going to hop off here and then we're going to record another episode. Just salt. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, so there's, I mean, one, there's that, right? One, there's yeah. that there's, com I mean, and we've talked about that many times before on the active faith podcast mm -hmm. is this act of comparison to other people. Um, mm -hmm. And, and how just unhealthy that is. But I think especially when you go through such a big, huge mm -hmm. transformational change, like for you, your pregnancy and now your postpartum mm -hmm. and like we named before, you know, body transformation, you know, emotional transformation, all this stuff. Um, I mean, just that, like if I were you and I mm -hmm. think about, cause you know, I think I, I started following you when you were going after one of your 50 K's. Um, mm -hmm. And that's a little bit longer than I want to run. Um, I don't, you know, hats off to you. It's great. Um, but do you have a 50K? Like, I mean, how do you not get in that comparison yeah. game of like, man, like before I had my daughter, I was running 50Ks and I was doing marathons. And, you know, I'm sure there's a part of you that misses it and is like mm -hmm. wishing maybe you could do it again. But you you maybe feel like you might not be. So, I mean, I mean, yeah. we can talk about the comparison game to other mothers, but I mean, let's start with how do you not get lost in the comparison game of comparing yourself like prepartum, pre-pregnancy versus now yeah. postpartum, even 18 months, two years. I mean, no matter how far you get out, it's still probably going to feel so different. Yeah. Yeah, that is absolutely <clears throat> true. And um, but I will say it's, it's maybe been a little bit easier. Like I think with the time piece, I, I certainly compare, like sometimes I look back on the ability to do races, to train for a 50 K and to, to not feel like I'm sacrificing time with family to do that. Um, like I, I trained for a marathon that I hoped to run when she was like, 15 months old, but ended up getting injured. But now the thought of doing a race I'm filtering through, is it worth being away from um, our family time to get in those long runs? And like, that's the thing I'm filtering through. So I think I do compare that, the ability to get out kind of worry-free. Um, but in a lot of ways, it's hard to even like motherhood is such a huge transformation. Like my old world almost feels like hard to remember in a way. Like it's, I don't remember what it was like to, to be so kind of carefree to not have this other person. And maybe it's because motherhood so completely transformed you that in a lot of ways, I think I'm stronger now as a runner, as a person, as a pastor than I was pre-pregnancy. Um, so some of it I do compare with like, I miss getting to do races. I miss some of that carefree ability to go run whenever I wanted, but ultimately I wouldn't 
trade where I am now for the world, even for all of that extra free time, because I genuinely feel stronger as a runner now than I did before having a baby. Um, and a lot of moms talk about that. There's this like crazy effect where it's almost like after you have a baby, you end up getting faster and stronger. (laughs) And maybe part of that is because you do runs pushing a stroller who even like Olympians like Shalane Flanagan has talked about how hard it was when she tried to run with her son in a stroller. Like she's won medals. And if she struggled, like if I can get out there with my stroller and push our daughter, then I feel pretty strong. Um, So in some ways I think I'm grateful for the changes, even for all the things I miss, because ultimately I wouldn't trade where I am now for all the fitness, for all the race medals. I would still rather what I have now to that pre-pregnancy self. Uh, I mean, that is such a great mindset. And it's not that I didn't think about that as I was asking the question. Uh, And now I almost, I mean, I just, I love the answer that you gave and, and the insight that that offered. Because now that I think about it, there is that sense in which, you know, you look at not, I mean, and I think I asked the question because oftentimes, you know, we want to think about how we were before and in the past. And it's not that we don't think that our life is better now. Um, And I mean, I think I would completely and totally agree that I wouldn't trade anything in the world for my kids. Um, You know, I I, I wouldn't give them up for, for anything. Um, but I and, and I do hear that sense of like, well, okay, I miss the freedom of just, you know, whenever I feel like it, just going out and, and going for a run, not having to think about schedule, you know, spend money on all the races and, and all the running shoes that, that I could instead of, um, mine aren't in diapers anymore, but, you know, the, the copious amounts of food that they inhale in one sitting and then, you know, refusing to eat whatever I cook them for dinner, um, but but I almost think that even in that, I love that you just highlighted the strength because, and I mean, it's so present in our society, the way uh, in which that almost change of motherhood really affects us when you approach it with that mentality. Like, I am stronger now than I was before. You know, you talk about Shalane Flanagan. I mean, Kara Goucher is another great great one and then i mean if you look at what kiera damato just did in houston i mean she's got she's got two kids 37 you know running just just breaking records left and right uh world record holder american record holder all this stuff um and i mean it's and i mean it's so cool that you bring that notion of you know what yeah i miss like i miss the time i miss you know the ability but i think ultimately this has made me stronger because I've gone through it because I'm experiencing it. Um, you know, I was reflecting with another mother who I'm hoping to have on here. And she often says like how hard it is to run easy with a stroller. Cause like her easy pace without a stroller, if she was to do that with a stroller would have to be like two minutes slower in order to like put her in that heart rate zone. Um, and so, you know, I just, I think about that and it's such a great reflection on how these big life changing events Maybe they, I mean, not maybe, but, but making us stronger in that Mm -hmm. respect as we grow. And 
I so appreciate that mentality that you've brought forth into that as you continue on this active on this active journey that it's like, all right, no, like it's not a burden. And I would never say a child is a burden. Um, I think it's a blessing, um, but they're, they're not a burden, but it, but it, it's actually my strength. Right. Um, and, and to go into that with that mentality really sets that stage. Um, and so, you know, I mean, so yeah, let, I mean, let's take a, let's take, we, we've got a little bit more time here, but yeah, let's take another, let's take that other comparison that we started a minute ago and, and get into it. Cause yeah, I mean, you raised it, uh, thinking that's where I was going to go. And so I'll maybe hear a little bit of your thoughts on, on the comparison, uh, comparison to other mothers, other mother runners. Um, mm-hmm. um yeah, let's, uh, what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, so like I said, the comparison trap is so hard in motherhood. And I think I often get caught in this loop often or throughout my, I mean, I'm a new mom. I only have one child and those early days of motherhood are hard because, or parenthood, I mean, motherhood and just honoring for both for any gender, like parenthood is hard and you don't know what you're doing. And it's like you get sent home with this little helpless child and you're expected to keep it alive and teach it how to do everything it needs to do. Um, and then when you go to social media, ideally it's a place where you can connect with people and to feel like you're not alone. But as we all know, it's so easy to fall into that comparing your child to other people's children. Um, sleep has consistently been a struggle for our family with our daughter. She has never slept super well. I don't remember the last time I slept through the night because she has never slept through the night, um, to this point. And then you see, gosh, all the parents talking about how their, their two week old slept through the night and they feel so rejuvenated. And you're like, yay for you. But (laughs) like, what are we not doing? What are we doing wrong? Um, so in those parts of parenthood, I think it's so easy to second guess what you're doing or not doing. And for me, it's often been, am I doing something wrong? Am I failing somehow because my daughter's not doing these things other people's children are doing? Um, and like I said, sleep has been a big one for, for me and for our family. Um, but when it comes to the comparison for like mother runners, sometimes I get into a comparison where I'm like, oh, I wish I was doing that. But a lot of times, like you mentioned with like Kira D'Amato or Kara Goucher or uh, Sarah Hall, another one with the American record, it's, it's more like this mutual admiration society where I see them and I'm just like, I mean, I'm not setting records like Kira D'Amato but seeing what she's able to do as a mother is so inspiring to me as a mother who's a runner um, that it it's a comparison, but it's a, an appreciation, a, a showing what's possible and like this, like permission to dream big, I guess. And I, I think maybe part of the reason I haven't struggled as much with comparison my comparing my current self to my past self 
is because I've seen the, the example and witness of so many role models in this space. I've, I've heard the examples of the Kara Gouchers, of Lauren and Fleshman, of these women who shared their journey. And it's, it's given me this uh, example to look up to, um, sometimes to learn from what they wish they hadn't done or they wish they'd done differently. Um, and it's helped me return to activity with more grace for myself to not rush back in. Um, and I worried about those things before becoming a mom. Like I have a past with an eating disorder. So the thought of all those body changes was so scary to me, but maybe because motherhood, you lose so much control. It allowed me to just realize I have a lot of things on my plate right now to worry about. And that's just not one that takes, is going to get space in my, the things I'm worrying about. Um, so I'm, I've been really grateful that um, this space and how much gets shared has helped me, even though sometimes I get caught up in comparison and worrying and overthinking. But ultimately I think it's, inspired me to think of what's possible um for mother runners you know that mother runner space has just grown so much <clears throat> i think just really more so in the last probably about 10 years than anything else um because i i mean i i feel the same way um in that i i find so much inspiration just from watching them accomplish so many amazing things um you know, just listening to some of these voices on other podcasts and, and hearing their stories highlighted. Uh, you know, if, if y'all want an amazing account to follow on Twitter, Fast Women is is a great account. So many amazing like stories that come out from that and hearing all of the hearing the ways that all of these, you know, I mean, like you said, strong women are doing things. And it, it's so great to hear that appreciation because you know, I mean, we can all sit back and reflect on the ways in which, you know, competitive running can be a dog eat dog world. Um, and we can see that, you know, from, you know, I mean, uh, Sarah and I are both runners. We're, we're pro both seem to be pretty deeply enmeshed in the running world. Um, and so some of this stuff may not seem, but, you know, when we think about, uh, you know, the stuff with Alberto Salazar and, and all the body shaming stuff that's gone in the track and field world, when when you look at like performance enhancing drugs and a lot of the stuff that goes on in athletics in cycling and all of these things it can fuel this sense of negativity in terms of how we can relate to our own manner of physical activity in ourselves and i think that that's something that one uh, the entire world has kind of been going through this reckoning as we find ways to um you know police and ensure clean sport the ways in which and then the ways in which we've tried to support body positivity uh you know if 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 any of our listeners want a great story you know look up the story of mary kane uh who is working for tracksmith right now and and went through a lot of that stuff in the nike oregon project uh and uh alongside kara right there with her and and just the way in which that kind of stuff and then now this body positivity movement that no matter how you're moving um, I mean, I could list names all day just because there are so many great stories around this. And like Sarah has pointed out to us here today, 
of ways in which when we surround ourselves with that positive media and that positive understanding of life i mean there's still this sense in which we may get lost in in the facebook the motherhood facebook groups or the parenting facebook groups that are out there um but when we find those uh almost like safe spaces online that allow us to uh grow that allow us to mature that allow us to see uh physical activity in a healthy way it definitely helps to build those spaces and I mean, I know that's something that I'm hoping that I'm building here with Active Faith and highlighting these stories, uh, but but to hear it even from from someone like Sarah as we as we build this theology of self-care that, you know, there are groups out there who are doing these kinds of things, that are highlighting these kinds of journeys, that are showing this nature of active faith, of active living, of what it looks like to do it in a healthy manner. And you're right, like, I, I mean... Uh, again, I will admit this on a podcast that my church people listen to again. Like I was standing there uh, in the pulpit on Sunday morning, you know, watching Kira D'Amato break that record. Uh, Sarah Hall broke it right before worship. So I got I got away with that one. Um, but I mean, even watching Shalane do her, what was it? Six marathons in 12 weeks? No, it was... Yeah, something like... And, yeah, I, and... And a lot of them were, were more, it was like front loaded because oh, yeah. of when the marathon majors fell this fall, like the yeah. perfect storm of. I mean, she did marathon. Chicago and Boston in two days. She, yes. three days. She did Chicago on Saturday and Boston on no, Monday. It was, no, it was, it was back day. to back. It yeah. was Sunday to Monday. Um, But I mean, even, even those that, that they have told their story in such a way that mm-hmm. even an elite runner, like someone who's dropping, and I mean, I, I'm not, I don't know what your marathon time is. Mine is closer to six hours just because I haven't, I mean, I haven't run them, but take mm-hmm. solace in the fact that, that my fastest marathon is like a 558. Um, but to see these women who do it in like, you know, Kira D'Amato did it in 219. Like Sarah Hall's got 220 for a full, 107 for a half. I mean, Shalane ran all of those marathons in less than three hours. And yet their story is being told in such a way that I'm like, I don't care what time they run it in. I'm just getting this like super inspiring vibe from all of them um, because of the way their stories are being told. And and what an awesome, you know, I'll say what an awesome uh, story to add to the mix. Uh, Because I've I've followed Sarah, I'm going to pass your name along and maybe we can get you on Allie Feller's podcast next. (laughs) That is my favorite podcast this year. No, or now it's last year. I'm not used to it being 2022. In 2021, I listened to the entire Allie on the Run Show podcast from start to finish. Like I started with episode one in January and I finally caught up. It like has fueled all of my long runs. It's my favorite long run or any time really. It's- and I mean, even even stuff like that, like the way that these kinds of platforms can be used for motivation. Um, again, like just throwing names out there, whether it's Allie Feller or, or Lindsay Hine with her podcast or... Um, you know, I've mentioned him before. Matt Chittam is another uh, very, uh, you know, podcast icon of mine. Uh, but just all of these spaces in which these stories are being told and the inspiration that we can gain from them is such a wholesome thing for us to do. And especially when we think about motherhood and running, you know, motherhood and marathon and marathoning is kind of what I'm calling this little 
gathering of awesomely strong women that I'm bringing on. Uh, but when we think about that, is is balancing that life and hearing those stories helps us to think, yeah, I can do that, and and I can get in there. So we're gonna add Sarah McIntosh to that list of awesome, strong, amazing women who have told their stories. Um, you know, but. Uh, before we get to these end of podcast questions, I just have one more question that that I love to just ask. Like, what is the best part about pushing your daughter in the stroller? Aside from the aside from the possible aspects of a nap that will be hopefully yeah. had. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, the feeling that you're getting to share something you love with your child is is high up there. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but also pushing a daughter like your child in a stroller it really makes you feel like a badass when you run because it is hard um it it makes me feel stronger even though it kicks my butt um so I get to do something I love with her and I feel like I'm getting a I can say I'm strength training I guess if I push a stroller while I run <laughs> maybe yeah I mean <laughs> all right we'll qualify that we'll qualify yeah. that as a strength yeah. yeah uh no that's 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 awesome I mean Again, I run with someone who pushes a stroller, with a mother who pushes a stroller. And I always just think to myself, I'm like, you know, we're, we're usually running at an easy pace. And I'm like, I'm just running. Well, I, I say just, and like a couple of weeks ago, I posted about Brittany Charbonneau, you know, get rid of the just. But, but I'm running, and she's running and pushing a stroller. And, you know, I mean... I mean, she's a badass too. So uh, I, I I don't I don't qualify that with anything. Um, but I, I just think it's amazing, and I love that aspect of like sharing the run with with your child. Uh, and and I just hope that you know one day Abigail loves running as much as you do, as as you kind of show her the ropes a little bit. So let's dive into these end of podcast questions here as we close our time out today. So uh, Sarah, what makes you feel accomplished? Uh, um. I would say a lot of times, like being a mother makes me feel really accomplished. Um, a mother and wife and pastor and navigating all of those identities together. Um, it's hard, but it does make me feel like I'm doing what I'm called to do, which is a good feeling of accomplishment. What is an upcoming goal you have? Yeah. So I'm actually really excited. Um, I recently signed up for a marathon. This is take two for postpartum marathon returns, but I am just signed up for the new river marathon, which is outside of Boone. Um, so I'm excited because I always did the half when I was in college at app state. So I decided to do the full. So I'm working towards that in May. Breaking news. Sarah's making her marathon return. Let's see. Let's all give her encouragement as she goes and, and chases this dream. this That is awesome. I love to hear it. Uh, so aside from God, who do you go to when life gets tough? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, certainly my spouse um, is one. His name is Shane. Um, but a big one my often go to is my dad. My dad and I are really, really close. Um, my husband, we joke, like he doesn't like to talk about feelings. So a lot of times if I go to my dad, my dad doesn't mind talking about emotions. And um, so I'm really close with my dad and often turn to him when I'm feeling stressed. 
And then aside from physical activity, what are some other ways that you practice self-care? Yeah. Um, some big favorites are, um, I do try to journal um, a little bit harder with a little one because usually if I pull out a journal, she wants to take the pen and paper for me and color on her own. Um, but journaling and also um, listening to podcast and um, reading is a, a big one that once again, a lot of these are hard to do um, as a parent, but um, audiobooks and Kindle are my friend. And I can also do those things while nursing our daughter or trying to rock her to sleep, which is really nice and another good form of self-care. Since I've had since uh, my wife had kids, I've had to leave my journal at work and do all of my journaling in the office um, for that specific reason. Otherwise, I will come home and uh, find it all drawn over. Uh, same thing with physical books. Uh, yep. I've had to be very careful with library books. I think when my son was like, uh, he had to have been about a year. I checked out. Um, so, you know, Once a Runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the series, it's like the final book in the series. I checked it out from the library because I'd never read it. And uh, one day I came back and he had just colored all in the book. And uh, so so now I own all the books <laughs> in Once a Runner series because my son yep. colored in them. Um, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, those are all so great um, and, and definitely amazing ways. And, and like I've said before, friends, if you hear things on this podcast, these little other manners of self-care that you like, you know, definitely uh, reach out, reach out to Sarah, as I always do. Our socials will be in the uh, podcast notes um, and, and just ask for tips on, on how to journal, how to, how to read. Um, uh, you know, I don't, uh, you know, maybe some books that might be interesting yeah. to read, book recommendations. Um, although no, no judgment from, from this podcast host at, at any point in time, but Sarah, it was wonderful having you on. I've, I've enjoyed this time. I've enjoyed this chat. Uh, and, and hopefully our listeners, uh, not hopefully, I know our listeners, uh, uh, learned a lot from this episode, not just about motherhood, uh, but just even about accomplishing goals and, and, you know, being inspired to go and do great and awesome things. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This episode made me feel so great about where this series is headed. I cannot wait to continue to speak to all of these strong mothers who are doing some amazing things in their active lifestyle, in their uh, maternal, on the maternal side of being mothers, of, of being spouses, of, of being just, just uh, really awesome, strong women and caring for themselves to finding ways in the midst of everything they have going on of caring for themselves. And I think Sarah provides an awesome example of that. Like I said, I've been following Sarah on Instagram before she had her daughter. I saw all the amazing things that she did. And so it does not surprise me that coming off of her maternal journey, that she is now continuing to do awesome things because as you heard from her, she is only getting stronger. I cannot wait to see what she accomplishes 
uh, when she accomplishes it. As you heard, she's got a race uh, coming up, hopefully sometime soon that she's gonna try again. She's got uh, other races that are on her calendar, so look out for all of the awesome things that this mom is gonna do. And then, and then join us next week, because next week we are gonna have another awesome mom come on and join us to tell about her maternal journey and what she is doing to stay active, not just stay active for herself, stay active for her kids, for her husband, for all those things, and what her journey has been like. So like I said, this is this is gonna be a series. I'm hoping to have a few of these strong mothers on who can help to share their story, share their journey. Um, and and you know, they're they're not all gonna be runners, I'm hoping. I'm hoping to get some other ones, but even the runners that are coming on, sometimes they will be involved in strength stuff too. But I just, I wanna uh, close the episode by thanking you so much for joining us again. If this is your first episode, you know, I invite you to go back and listen to some of the other episodes. I know we get some new listeners just about every episode. And so that is great. And that is awesome. I encourage you to go back and listen to the log, you know, before it starts to get too long and you end up like Sarah listening to about 300 episodes of, uh, of a podcast. But, but while we only have about you know, 15, 14 or 15, you, you got, you only got a few to listen to, but thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out the show notes. There are uh, links to Sarah's social media where you can find her on social media, as well as a link to our active faith community on Facebook. This is a place where we gather together for support and for encouragement. We share the uplifting parts of our journeys. We share what we're up to. Uh, We share our accomplishments, all that stuff. Uh, And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast uh, to make sure that, that new episodes, right? New episodes come out every Wednesday. They will pop into your feed automatically if you hit that subscribe button in whatever podcasting platform you are using. Or, and I announced this uh, in the last couple of episodes now, we have a website, activefaithpod.com. You can go there. All of our episodes are are on the website. You can sit there. You can listen to them on the website. Or you can find us on your favorite podcasting app to make sure that you subscribe over there. You know what? If you are feeling really generous because... I am doing this. Uh, I have. I, I, I'm not doing this for money. Uh, I, I don't have a Patreon. I don't have any sponsorships or anything. I'm just doing this because I want these stories to get out there. And so, if you would help me to get these stories out there, please help me by rating and reviewing this podcast. It helps the podcast get noticed just that much more in the podcast space. Uh, you can rate it or review it over at Apple Podcasts on Spotify. You can leave a rating and review on Facebook to help people find it on Facebook. Uh, and, and as always, like even if you can't go and do, do a rating or review, please hit that share button. I put them out on social media. They're on the website. As I said, please share the podcast so that others can find it, so that others know where to find it. Uh, I would be so grateful. And if you share it, I will make sure to, to give you a shout out and to give you a tag uh, after you share it to, to just thank you so much for that support. And so please help me help share these journeys with other people so that we can all do this work of building a theology of self-care. And now may God bless each of us and may we find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom. Amen.